critics have said he has a face for radio and a voice for silent film. And now, here is your host, Ben Gordon. How now? Brown cow. Huh? How now? Oh, we're on. Yes! Oh, what the hell? We're on the show. Oh, oh my no. gosh. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, back in the saddle. Duh, and guess who's back? It's me. Oh it's me. Gosh, a little Justin, NSYNC for y'all. A little NSYNC to open up, baby. Ooh, I'm here. Man. Let's ride. I'm going to put that in. You know that. It's coming. Yeah. You like that? NSYNC so we can be NSYNC. Say what? I N S Y. I feel you. I feel you. Yes. <laughs> Justin, have you been to the gym lately, man? Of course, man. You've been cranking iron recently. Trying to look like you. Getting so true. Big muscles. You know. Not too big. I want to break this flannel. That's how big I want to Ooh. get. So I'm not there yet. Uh, you got a couple inches to go yet. Yeah. Hey, I'm just saying, man. Now, when you go to the gym, there's a. There's a weird culture going on there, am I right? Hmm. Uh, what weird culture are you speaking of? There's a weird just society of people that start to accumulate around a gym, am I right? Okay, yeah. Now, now correct me if I'm wrong, but the object of working out is to be healthier. Am I right? Yes. Okay, I think that's correct. There's a large per- percentage of folks out there that actually don't care if the habit of exercise is making them more healthy. Blam. In fact, they'd be more likely to do a workout or a supplement even if they know it's going to hurt them as long as it makes them look better. Am I right? Yes. That's a little weird. Can't we say that's a little weird? Yeah. They're in it simply for the aesthetics. People do what they what, what they want to do, man. I mean, you can go up to them and be like, hey, you know those muscles you're looking for? I've got a pill. Sweet. And they'll be like, oh, yeah? What kind of pill you got? And you're like, it's a pill to get your muscles. And they're like, mm. oh, my gosh. And you're like, yeah. Most likely, your liver's going to fail, and you won't be able to taste any food, and you'll probably have a heart attack by the age of 40. But... You'll get those muscles. Wait, what? It's all about the short term. And the person will be like, so do you have the pills on you or do I have to order them? <laughs> or they're just waiting, right? Yeah. And 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 this mentality is all wrapped in the habit of working out, which is was originally meant for healthy purposes. That's weird. It's very strange. That's very weird. I mean, yeah. You're not. You're obviously not into working out for the looks. What? I'm not saying that you're not good looking. Because oh, obviously, you. you're great. You're great looking. Hey. I mean, it's just you're you're good looking as a simple side effect of being a young, dynamic Filipino dynamo. What? I like it. You know, but. Some people are just in it for the looks, and that's weird. That's that's really weird to have a healthy habit in it for the looks. That's like true. That's like if eating instance, vegetables. 
to make yourself look better. Huh? But what? I don't know. That's that's a health that that is a healthy trait. I messed make, that one up. Yeah, you messed that one up. <laughs> it, it would be like if you were to say if I started brushing my teeth with Clorox. Ew. What? Yeah. People would obviously be befuddled just like you were. They'd be like, "What? Hey, Ben, don't you realize that's going to kill you, right? Hmm. And I'd be like, whoa, Not if whoa. You don't swallow it. I know the risk associated with it, but it's going to make my teeth so bright the ladies won't be able to resist these pearly chompers. Mm. So true. That'd be weird, right? And you'd obviously think I was an idiot, and you'd be right in doing so. Because I missed the point of the whole reason I was brushing my teeth in the first place, which was be healthier. Justin, we don't miss the point of why we do this show. Am I right? Yes. We do this show to cure night blindness around the world. No, no, no. Wait. What? Oh, I'm just getting word from the A. That's not why we do this show. Oh, right. We do this show for pure entertainment. That's why we do this show. Heck yeah. Am I right? Yes! Unadulterated entertainment. Say what? Good visceral chuckles. Mm, visceral. Are you, visceral. Are you ready to fire this show up? Of course, man. Yes. I have my lighter. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm going to light it up. <laughs> All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Justin, I'm pretty jazzed about the show we've got today. Um, yeah? We've got the Dead South Ooh. on today. Yes! Not the Alive South. The Dead South out of Saskatchewan, Canada. Ooh. That's right. Justin, their video for the song In Hell I'll Be In Good Company has 28 million views. Woo! Wow. I mean, if you round down, that's roughly 28 mil million more listens than any of our episodes. Oh! True, true. I mean, that's impressive. That's just give or take right there. I mean, when I interview them, I'm going to give them a rundown of videos that they beat with how many views they have. It's pretty impressive, some of the names. They beat Prince. What? They beat Michael Jackson. What? On some of their songs as far as views. That's right. Oh. They're beating the elites, man. It's impressive. And we've got them on the show. Wow. You did this. Big deal, man. Big deal. I am excited. Let's get it started where we get it started, which would be birthday suit. Oh, heck yeah. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Justin, uh, Dave missed one last week. Did, oh, did know. he really? Yeah, so you can take a step ahead of Dave by getting all three. But I've got three difficult birthdays. Woo! I hate you. What? Let's here, do Here it. we go. Our first birthday suit was born 1884. Dang you, man. In Manhattan, New York. Hmm. At a young age, her mother gave her the nickname Granny because she acted in such a serious manner. She lost both of her parents by the age of 10. After she lost her parents, she was raised by her aunt, Bammy. She then met Franklin Delano Roosevelt in 1902 and married him in 1905. Wait, what? Name that birthday suit where? Hmm. Uh, it, didn't we mention this like two weeks ago, too? We just mentioned this. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was like... uh. On the, on the other... Eleanor, man. Yes, Eleanor Roosevelt. You remember that, though, right? 
Yeah, of course. It was during that time you talked that's, about the. That's uh, why I wasn't too worried about this one. Okay. Yeah, man. That was uh okay. That's a give me. Did you know Eleanor was one of the first United States delegates to the United Nations? Say what? No, I did not. Fun fact: she was one oh. of the first. Yeah. Look at her. Now Crusader. this. Now this is an interesting fact too. Uh, I noticed this yesterday when I was creating this uh, birthday suit for today. Um, she looks almost exactly like Aunt B. Don't from Andy this. Griffith. Stop doing Look that. Look at that. Wait, what? Am I right? Yeah, it does. Aunt Her, B. Eleanor's hair is more fluffier. What? I feel like Aunt B is more of like kind of together, compact. You know what I mean? Word. But I, I could see it. If I got an ID of those two, I, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Nope. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it'd be good fake for I'm, I'm not good. I'm not good with uh, fake ID. And that's why you're not a bouncer. That's, and that's why you're true. here. That's very true. I was not good at that occupation. Justin, are you ready? Rip from the headlines. Then rip it, Let's baby. get it. Let's get it. And now, the news. Justin, on this show, what do we talk about? Hmm. Uh, a lot of things. Uh, why people Number one stuff. thing. Records. World records. That is correct. Dave couldn't get it. He's a pretty good co-host, but I tried to pull that out of him. I tried to coerce it out. Come on. It did not come Berlin. out. Berlin. It's all right. He's learning. Uh, yeah, he's got all that grad school stuff he's going on. He's got things going on. He's still working on it. Justin, we may have the best world record we've ever had on the show. Spare be good. Word. Last week, an Italian man set the world record for most pairs of underwear put on in 30 seconds. Yes! Best world... That's right. That's right. Does it have to be one... Like, the rules delegated had to be one at a time? Yes. Okay. Has to be one at a time. And he he had a unique... So, Justin, uh, his name is Silvio Saba. Silvio Saba. He put on 13 pairs of underwear in 30 seconds. I think I can break that, honestly. We're going to try it on the show, then. We will try it next. uh, Don't worry. Next week, we will buy 13 pairs of underwear, and you will try to put them on. Honestly, I think I could do that. All right. He's confident, folks. What happens if I actually do break it? Well, then we will we will call up the Guinness Book of World Record people. And well, they will actually, come now that I think about it. it, maybe I can get like four or five. Overconfidence. Oh. He laid out the underwear on the table, and he would uh, pick up a pair individually, jump in them with both legs. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Ju- jump. Right? Talk about a record you would be proud of, though, to show your friend. Yes. You or Silvio. I mean, right now, obviously, Silvio's got it. But, I mean, just think if you won that. You could be like, you know how it takes you like 15 seconds to put on a pair of underwear? Yeah. It takes me... Takes me two seconds. Woohoo! Is that the math? No, it'd be two seconds per pair for the whole 30 seconds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know where you got two of six. That'd be that'd be really impressive because then that would be a uh, that'd be 180 that he was or well no what that'd be nope okay that's enough math for this uh, yeah let's this. stop that right there yeah that's enough of that it'd Ladies be 15 times six gentlemen. 90 I did it there anyway so Justin we need to break that record I'll bring the underpants next uh, week it's very strange. You listeners it's bring your ladies. You listeners bring your listening ears I'll bring the underpants boom 
Uh, Justin, let me ask you something. How do you feel about tombstones? Hmm. Gravestones. Impartial? Impartial. How do you feel about the person that is buried under the tombstone being able to choose what they put on their tombstone? Hmm. Uh, I guess... That's their choice, right? So. That's their choice. Well, so let that me way tell they you. They want to be portrayed after, after life. So let me tell you who doesn't think that's the case. Who? The Ur- you? The Irwashboro Council in Derbyshire, England. That's Honestly, who. Honestly, when you have a name like that, does it really matter? Irwash. Irwashboro Council in Derbyshire, England. That is that even exists it exists and let me tell you they denied maurice brown of what he wanted to put on his tombstone oh what was it so recently maurice uh uh, passed on and he asked his 20 year old son to put a part of a poem on his tombstone what did he ask for you know i'm surprised i'm actually i can say this i'm allowed by the fcc because it's not that offensive uh, he wanted the quote, the little bugger did his best on the gravestone. Hmm. Yeah. And the uh, Derbyshire council said, no. Girl, come on. The little bugger did his best. Yeah, because apparently, you know, in England, bugger is still an expletive. What? You know? Oh, okay. It's still, it's a, a strong word to use, you know? How about here? It, no. I can't, okay, so I can say it. Yeah. It's it, like in America, it'd be similar to having the little F word did his best, Jeez. basically. You mother bugger. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on, though, England. Girl, come on. Really? Bugger. Word. That's still offensive. I mean, it's, it's bugger. Nope. He's not even asking to say that about someone else. He's talking about himself. It's self-depreciating tombstoneism. Hmm. Come on now, exactly. England. Just let him let him have Freedom it. Freedom of speech, England. Just on his tombstone. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, Justin, how big of a fan of granola are you? I like granola. You with my yogurt, I like it in bar form. Yeah. Uh, I can just eat it like handfuls of it, scoop it out. What's your uh, What's your favorite type of granola? Uh, like brand wise or like flavor wise? Brand wise. I do like that the bare naked, but the back the what was it the uh, bare naked and, and the uh, back, uh, back naked? To, huh? Back to what? Back to nature. Back to nature. That's yes. the one the, with mm-hmm. the in the tan bag. Yes. Yep. That coconut, coconut and dark chocolate. Yeah, that's a good one. Neshoba Brook Bakery. Have you ever had that? Neshoba uh, Brook. Neshoba. N a s h o b a. No. Okay. Neshoba sounds Br- Japanese. Well, it's in Massachusetts. Well, that's crazy. Um. Yeah. Which uh, you you just reminded me. By the way, uh, Dave was saying racist things about Asians. Girl, come week, on. So of course he was. You're gonna have to. Uh, you're gonna have. He to would say it when I'm not here. He would. He would. Uh, I was. I, we had a we had a, a comment about a Japanese story, and he said that the uh, cops would be eating sushi, and I was like, "Well, you don't you don't know that." Wow. And he was like, "Yeah, you're right. How about Chinese donuts?" And I was like, "They're in Japan. You that's two different. That's different." And he's like, "Oh man, good thing Justin's not here." And I was like, "He's Filipino." We're Gosh, gonna- you are we- so wrong. <sighs> Three different levels of wrong. We need. 
to go through racial training with Dave. Seriously, sometimes with him. Anywho, uh, I got sidetracked. Neshoba Brook Bakery in Massachusetts. They they make some granola. Yes! And okay. uh, recently they got into trouble because of their list of ingredients on their uh, granola. The, is, there, is there some type of drug? Mm. As one of their ingredients, they listed love. Oh, okay. This came to the attention of the FDA who said, quote, love is not a common or usual name of an ingredient nope. and is considered to be intervening material because it is not part of the common or usual name of an ingredient. That's right. Really, FDA? John Gates, the chief executive officer at Neshoba Bakery, said he was proud to include love as an ingredient. Hell yeah! He said, I really like that we list love. He said, people ask what it make what makes our granola so good. It's kind of nice that this is an art, artisan bakery and we can tell them that there's love in it. And it puts a smile on people's faces. Situations like that where the government is telling you you can't list love as an ingredient because it might be deceptive just feels silly. Blam. That's what he says. Just feels silly. Silly. Say what you will. I'm just glad they didn't have love sauce listed. Ew. On their oh, that would be weird. That would be a different story. Then you would really want to investigate what love sauce means. You put yes. another word in front of love and everything it changes. Changes a big time. But just love. That was a little bit ridiculous, FDA. Yeah, just come saying. on, man. Seriously? Justin, have you ever lost your wallet? Hmm. No. I I, I, I try to keep it on my person at really? all times. You've never lost your wallet? No. Good. I mean, I've forgotten it at home, but I mean, good. never. Good. Always, good for you, always man. Always keep it. I've lost my wallet three times. I know. You seem like the person that would lose <laughs> their wallet. And you probably didn't even care when you lost it. Not too much, no. I know you don't. Twice I left it on top of my car when I was pumping gas. Oh, you. And uh, You gotta put it back in your pocket, man. I do. And then one time I dropped it in the ocean on a kayaking trip. Oh, yeah. I think you told me about yeah. that. Yeah. So I know, I know about losing your wallet, you know? Uh, the last time I lost my wallet was about a year ago. Uh, which was one of the times on top of the car. Um, and I've given up on finding that wallet. I'm not really concerned about finding it because, you know, I've replaced it. I got a new one, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe I shouldn't. You know why I shouldn't? Hmm. Why? Because the Ritz, a nightclub in England, was recently searching for the owner of a wallet that they found, that they presumed the person lost about 30 years ago. Say what? That's right. And they're still looking for him? They found him. Oh so the staff was doing some renovations in the Ritz, and they came across a wallet stuck behind the radiator in one of the rooms. It was just like, you know, lodged back in there real tight. And it had literally been back there for 30 years. That's crazy. They found the wallet, had an ID card, had a University of Manchester Whitworth Park Association card from 1985. What? Holy. And a Midlands Bank check card. The owner was Elizabeth Sarah Dale. Mm. So they hunted her down. She's now 51. She lost it when she was 20. 20. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, math. Yeah. Um, she's now living in South London, working as a senior government lawyer. Nice. Oh, big yeah. deal. Yeah. So it was. Uh, she she wasn't too concerned about it. She'd sort of given up on it herself, but she was That's excited cool. to give her twelve pence back that was in there in the currency they don't use anymore. Oh, it's uh, okay. Uh, I uh, I gotta say though, the thing I was thrown off with, and I got really sidetracked when I was investigating the story. That she had a check card. Huh? And I was like, I, I didn't even know those were around back then. You mean a check card? Like a debit card. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah! Yeah. And I was like, was were those around? They were. They've been around since the 70s. Really? What? Word. And then credit cards have been around since the 50s. What? I feel like... What? Wow. Yeah. Maybe I'm just ignorant, I, yeah. thinking like like maybe it's just all paper money back then. But. That was totally me too, you know? I mean, yeah. I know I remember back in the day they had the little, the non-computerized where they just ran your card through it, did a little carbon fiber run of all the numbers on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I thought that started somewhere in like the 80s. I didn't know. I was like, oh man, I'm so uninformed on the credit card history. Yeah, it's pretty... Wow. Yeah, exactly. Cool. That is the true take-home of the story. That credit cards and debit cards were... Have been around for a long time. Jeez. Nonetheless, glad to hear Miss Dale got her wallet back. Good yeah. for her. 12 pence. Uh, Justin, what's the most you've ever paid for a work of art? Hmm. Hmm. A work of art. Mm-hmm. Nothing too crazy. Nope. I don't. I don't own that many. Does a poster count? Yeah, let's go with a poster. Uh, twenty uh, bucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You fell a little bit under what uh, this week, uh, this past weekend was sold for. Well, I'm there, not a big baller, man. There was some really pricey art sold this weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, Francis Bacon, uh, work of art. Uh, that was being offered by Christie's of London, big auction house, right? Christie's. Yes. It was being sold for a mere $78 million. Woo! That was the price tag. Girl, come on! Sadly, nobody bought it. Oh, okay. The highest bid uh, they got was 2.3 uh, short of the reserve, so they didn't then my, They didn't let it go. Wow, really? Yeah. Even yeah. if you're that close? Yeah, well, 2.3's, you know, pretty big deal. Wow. Uh, it's like 5% low of their, uh, you know, the reserve. So, I don't know. The work was titled Study of Red Pope, 1962. Mm. Study of Red Pope. Yep. The priciest work of Francis Bacon uh, that's been sold previously was $142 million. Jesus. Yeah, $142 million. Call me nutty. Okay. But it seems pretty weird that a 70-inch oil painting would cost the year salary of 3,560 average Americans. Whew. That seems a little bit exorbitant. Hell yeah! If I were to say so. A little bit much. Yeah. I Plus, you know, he's one of those guys, and I'm not very good with my errors of art, but he's one of those guys that you look at the picture and you're not even sure what you're looking at at first, mm. right? Mm -hmm. It's not real detail. There's not a lot of realism going on, you know? And you're just like, what? What? So that's a Pope. All right. Blam. I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> nope. You know, like, and, and $142 million. 
I mean, what? I'm pretty sure there's some kind of meaning and value when people oh, buy these kind of things. But no like, doubt. I, 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 I can't see myself, like, if I, even if I had that money to do that and yeah. just buy something to hang up on my wall. Like, I can't spend money on something that's inanimate. Yeah. Like that. Especially, like, as you're, like, carrying it over the homeless people outside of your place. Yeah. Like, excuse me. Hey. This oil painting's worth more than your life. Get out of here. More than your life times five. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right. That's, that is ripped from the headlines. Justin, are you ready for Stop Faking the Funk? Yes, I would love to stop faking it. Here we go. The first headline. Let's do it. Wales, England Food Bank receives 46-year-old can of soup. Hmm. Or Englishman takes dog to vet after eating 40-year-old can of dog food. Ew. First hmm. one. Wales, England Food Bank receives 46-year-old can of soup. Or Englishman takes dog to vet after eating 40-year-old can of dog food. Which one is the fake headline? Hmm. Oh, man. I want to say the fake one's got to be the food bank one. The fake one being the food bank one. The first one. Okay. That's the f- that is the fake, fake headline. That is incorrect. Dang, I knew it. It was the specific 46. But then 40-year-old, no, nope, it's okay. Uh, I got you. I, I got you shook in the head, Justin. Yeah, I know. So this was the Cardiff Food Bank in Wales. What? They shared a picture on their Twitter account. Cardiff? Yes. Okay. Of what seemed to be a very old can of Heinz kidney bean soup. Ew. Mm, kidney bean soup, is that good? <laughs> Have you ever had it? I would think not. Nope. Uh, the Heinz company then commented. If someone didn't eat it for 46 years, yeah. The Heinz company then commented on that tweet and said, hey, we know that's really old uh, because that product was discontinued 35 years ago. Oh, yikes. <laughs> they eventually came to the conclusion that it was 46 years old. And uh, Helen Bull, the fundraising manager at the food bank, said, it's out of generous heart, but I just think they don't think and don't necessarily look at dates. Hmm. I'm going to be honest, Helen. Whoever dropped this can off knew that no human being could eat that soup and live. <laughs> just wanted to see the world burn. Th- they knew that soup wasn't edible. They had just already started putting cans in the food bank, and they didn't want to make a new box for garbage. So they just said, yeah, that's fine. Like, they could have found anything in the back of their cabinets and still put it in. They could have found, like, a can that was labeled radioactive raccoon turds, and they would have been like... Wait, what? Yeah, food bank. That yeah, sounds we'll good. Put it in the- nobody will notice, all right? They, they don't care. Basically, what the person should have said when they turned in their donations is, here, I cleaned out my cabinets, throw the stuff away. That's basically <laughs> what that person should have said. But instead, they said, here's my food donations... 46-year-old kidney bean soup. Girl, come on! Gross. Gross! All right, guys. It is time for a little musical break from our guest, O'Honor, today. That's right. The Dead South with a banjo odyssey. A banjo odyssey. Yeah, and if you listen real close, listeners to the show, and if you remember that who's wearing their birthday suit, this first uh, first birthday suit, 
Take a close listen to the lyrics of this song and try to find a connection with Franklin Delano and Eleanor Roosevelt. Just saying. This is Banjo Odyssey by the Dead South. Keep it locked here on the Doc G Show. Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP, 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Remember, check out the podcast when you get a chance, if you could, please. My goodness, I am excited about the Dead South coming on. Can't wait. Just in a few minutes. It's a countdown. It's crazy. I can't wait, man. These big time ses... 
Saskatchewanians. Mm. Who Is knows? That, just don't try. I'm not going to try that. Yeah, them. no, I'm not. I'm not. Nope. I am going to bring up. Just Canadians. From, I am going to bring up that they're from Canada. That's that's going to happen. There you go. That's going to happen. Okay. Okay, Justin, are you ready for the second birthday suit? Bring it on. This one. Sucker. Is a little bit harder, but I give you some really easy one. Really big clues. Okay. All right. Here we go. Our birthday suit wearer was born in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Word. October 11th, 1946. His father was a professional singer, and his mother was a vocal coach. Hmm. He followed in his foot, his parents' footsteps and was recording music before he even got out of high school. He attended Temple University and majored in music. He formed a musical group with other students called the Temptones. Gonna be honest, not the best name. Nope. Could have thought of it. I mean, basically, he just like merged Temple two. Temple yeah. and then Tones. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, Temp tones. And, and I think he's trying to play off of Temptations as well of the time, you know? Anyways. Word. In 1967, he met John Oates, another undergraduate student. Oh, come on, man. They were just here like last week. Who is it? Daryl Hall and John Oates. Daryl Hall. Not John. I do anything that you want to do yeah. you picked a hard one sing right there why that was, that's that's one of the tougher ones though oh, is that? like nail on an i like acapella. that one that's a good one that's right i think i can't go for that's my favorite yeah. that's a really good one and of course rich girl rich girl yeah tonight. rich girl or because your kiss mm-hmm no, come on, you have to complete it. I point at you, and you have to complete it. Well, I had to put down my mic for the clap. Dang you! Sorry. Anyways, now. it is Daryl Hall. Those are some good guys right there, man. My my dad loves. He's a big Hall and Oates. Yeah, I mean, I every time in the car, I listen to them like on the way to elementary. Just cranks it up. Huh? You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, man. The best of Daryl Hall and John Oates is the cover with like I think Daryl Hall was blue and John Oates was. Yeah. Pink. The classic, just staring at yeah, you. Yeah, it's with, cool. With with Oates, yes! with his mad yeah. mustache. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes! Have you ever watched? Uh, you ever watched live at Daryl's house? Nice. No. Uh, no, my dad does though, and like with, it's like, good, he man. He brings like the he brings other, in everybody, a lot of people, just all kinds of. I, I don't watch it religiously like that, but I I, I did watch the one with um, um Darius Rucker. No, no, no. Um, um Fallout Boy. Joe Joe Walsh. Wow. Oh, yeah. I didn't see the one with Joe Walsh. Yeah, they they did. Uh, they do Rocky Mountain Way. I think so. And then they also did. Uh, Life's been good Mo- to me so. My far. life, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. a good jam right there. Well, it is his birthday. He is Dang, turning happy birthday to that guy. seventy-one. Wow. Yeah, Daryl Hall. Little, he's, he's still, he looks pretty good for 71. For 71, yeah. He's like Solid. Young. Solid guy for 71. I'm to listen to me some hauling notes when I go home. You better. I hope you do. That and the Dead South. because Thanks for having up. your birthday today, Thanks, Mr. Daryl Hall. Hall, live it up. Justin, it's time. For who? It's time to bring out those crazy Canadians. Woo! Those fellas, the Dead South. We will be right back with the Dead South.
All right, welcome back to the Doc G Show, hailing from the great white north. Our guest today made it all the way up to the number two on the U.S. bluegrass billboard charts with their fantastic album, Illusion and Doubt. We are joined by none other than the lead singer, Nate Hiltz of the Dead South. How's it going? Oh, pretty good. How are you doing? You know, hanging in there, man. Uh... Let's 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 go to the here and now. You guys just finished up the Smoochin' Down South tour, uh, U.S. tour. Uh, you guys didn't make it all the way to Florida this time, but that's okay. We'll work that out for the next tour that you guys go on. Uh, speaking of which, actually, this coming week you guys have two more shows in Montana. Hmm. Have you guys ever played Montana before? No, this will be a first time. Okay, all right. Not to put any pressure on you, but Bozeman is the fourth largest city in Montana. So I'm just saying, you're playing oh. the fourth largest city. Just all right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's a pretty populated area up there. Nope. Now on the Smoochin' tour, you guys didn't get off to the best start. You guys actually had to cancel your first few shows because you uh, couldn't get uh, across the border because of a work visa issue. What? How'd, how'd that all sort out? Well, it all sorted out by the day, I think it was the 13th. Yeah, September 13th, and we, uh, that that whole week we were just kind of getting stuff together and figuring out what went wrong, where it went wrong, and how to fix it. Um, so we had a, a supper and then a jam planned at my house, and what happened was, uh, I got a call that day saying that uh, we could make our way through at midnight because then it would technically be the 14th and that's when the visas kicked in. Mm. So everyone came over for supper. We started eating, having a nice time. I said, guys, look, we're we're not going to jam tonight. Everyone's like, oh, what's going on? (laughs) Well, we're heading to the States. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone go home, get your stuff ready and get in the van. We have a 30-hour drive. So we all hopped. Yeah, we all hot, got our stuff. We finished eating. Everyone went home, got their stuff. We packed up, and uh, we made a 30-hour straight drive to Nashville so that we can make our, our next show. Jeez. Very nice. And, and now, speaking of Nashville, I actually actually saw, again, on Instagram, you guys posted, you got to uh, work on some uh, recordings there at uh, Southern Ground Nashville Studios, which is the Zach uh, Brown Band, uh, his uh, recording studio. Yeah. How did uh, how did you guys get involved with that? That's a pretty awesome uh, setup there. Hmm. Yeah, actually, that was just by chance. So what originally happened was uh, we were in Nashville, and then our manager was like, hey, guys, uh, we got invited to go to Muscle Shoals and check out that studio. Sweet. Wow. It, you- it actually technically didn't make sense for us to go there because we were just kind of rushed and then we had to go up to uh i think our next show was in kentucky right and just time-wise didn't work out so we we're kind of bummed about that and then we got an uh we got a message on instagram from a fellow named dan mm-hmm. who works at southern ground and he said hey guys i'd love for you guys to come check out the studio so Man. you know we missed out on a great opportunity but then another one kind of fell on our laps so we're like oh well we gotta go check it out Definitely. So we went there and checked it out, and he's like, I don't know what you guys are doing today, but if you would like to try out a couple songs, I'd be happy to sit down with you guys, and we could just, you know, do some recording. So we said, well, you know, it just so happens that we're working on two songs right now, um, and we'd love to hear what they sound like recorded. And, you know, we just did rough live off the floor stuff, but uh, 
it was a great experience. That studio is fantastic, and I was you know, about to say the, come back if we wanted to. the picture looked pretty fantastic. Looked really nice. And oh, that's just one room of many. <laughs> Uh, I think I, at least watching, you know, I don't have any inside info, but, you know, at least watching the documentary on the Muscle Shoals uh, studio, I think it's way more uh, plain Jane on the inside of the studio than that uh, than the uh, southern grounds there in Nashville, yes! at least uh, at least from what I saw. Well, from my understanding of it, once Zach Brown got a hold of it, he kind of revamped it quite a bit, so it's pretty fancy. Oh, yeah. And old rustic looking at many many spots, but it's it's pretty cool. But nonetheless, can't wait to hopefully check a muscle shoulder one of these days too. Definitely, definitely. I you know they've they've had some uh, really interesting uh, uh, bands come through there recently. You know, a couple of years ago, uh, the Steel Drivers uh, recorded their last album there, which which came out great. And of oh, that's course, amazing. Yeah, and of course, you know all the the classic older stuff that came out of there, but. Uh, a lot of history. That would be a very awesome trip. Yes! Uh, speaking of your trip, though, you you ended up going uh, a lot of uh, the backbone of Appalachia. There, you went through uh, Kentucky and you went to Greensboro and uh, Huntington, West Virginia. How how'd you like uh, those stops there in the uh, in the mountains of the Appalachian foothills? There. Oh, it was amazing, man. So we went to Nashville, and, and they were all showcases and one official showcase so because it was for americana fest so those were all great mm -hmm. but you know you don't get the feeling of having just like your show right so when we 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 got to kentucky we drove into lexington we, we pull up to the venue we poked our heads inside we're like oh this is gonna be great <laughs> and then the moment people started showing up it was like we were born and raised in kentucky like they were <laughs> So accommodating, they were handing us liquor and, and everything right as soon as they saw us. Like people were coming up with drawings they did of us. It was amazing. It, it, and then from there we did, yeah, North Carolina, and they were just as ah, everywhere we went was just incredible. It they looked really intimate there in the Kentucky show. The pictures that I saw from that venue were really uh, seemed real close. Seemed like the uh, the uh, fans were right on top of you there. Oh yeah, they're right on top of us, all the way spread to the back. It was awesome. Very nice, very nice. And in Pittsburgh, uh, you got to play in the uh, Hard Rock Cafe. Nice. Um, yeah. Have you? Uh, have you? Have you guys ever played uh, the Hard Rock before? Never. Nice. That was the first for us. Nice. How, how did? Uh, did you? Did you see anything that caught your eye in, in the Hard Rock? At least uh, any memorabilia? Oh, there was tons. Anywhere you looked, it was just like people's suits hanging on the wall. Yeah. That they wore for thirty years. And old guitars, pictures signed by just incredible legends. You know, it, it is pretty awesome to be in there. Nice. Now, Pittsburgh I got... itself, we had never been there or heard much about it, like besides, you know, football and hockey. <laughs> but we came around the curve, and all of a sudden you see Pittsburgh, and it is beautiful looking. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's a nice it's a nice built city, man. That's pretty big. Yes! Um, now I wanted to ask. I saw on Instagram as well before you guys left for the American tour. This, I, I mean, this is more for Scott. But uh, I saw that he that he got his uh, his beard trimmed hmm. at Manmade Barber, and I got to be honest, I've yeah. been looking for uh, I've been looking for a place to trim my beard yes! for s quite some time, and I was like, did a quick Google estimation. It'd be twenty three hundred miles for me to go up to their shop. Hmm. I wanted to know. <laughs> I was wondering if it'd be worth it for the beard trim. I didn't know. It seemed like a pretty well, nice place. 
Yeah, from what Scott told me about the place, he said it was uh, well worth well worth the time there. No, well, I noticed, you know, you you let the scruff go every now and then, but you never really get to the the full beard that Scott's going. Is that just uh, a, a choice of preference? Nah, you much? know, <laughs> sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna let this go for a year. <laughs> And then the next time I look in the mirror, a couple months down the road, I'm like, oh, man, you got to shave. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, I used to do that with my hair. I would, you know, I'd be like, let's let it go for a year. And then I would get impatient. And then somewhere along the line, I just forgot. And then just then all of a sudden, five years later, my hair, I turned into a homeless man. I was like, oh, I should I should cut my hair. I'm frightening small children. You know, so <laughs> it, now now it's more of a thing of I don't maintenance enough. That's what I noticed too, man. Like I used to have long hair forever, and then I finally cut my hair. Yeah, and then I'm like, man, it's more of a hassle to cut your hair than anything. Yeah, it is. People think you know you're you're actually trying to make some fashion statement, and you're actually like, no, it's 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 easier. I don't have to do anything to it when it's long. I just that's it. Oh yeah, you know. Um. After these two Montana shows, you guys are headed to Europe for for a, a full month of shows, right? Yep. Yeah, basically all November. Uh, now, you guys have already played a good deal of shows before in Europe. Yeah, Europe's good to us. We've been. We've, I think this will be our eighth, eighth or ninth time going there. Very nice. Very nice. Now, I read in a interview that when you first went to Europe, you were sort of thrown off by the crowds because they were really they were really quiet and really attentive and they were just sort of listening in intently like like almost like they were in a classroom like you know staring at you waiting to take notes and write essays on your songs is that what sort of the vibe you got uh when you first went there that they were just like you know all attention was on you oh yeah we thought that they hated us because <laughs> like we came from canada where every place you played was a bar or a venue where you could drink and everyone was just liquored up as much as they could be yeah loud and talking and singing along and stomping their feet yeah then you go play a venue and everyone's just silent it's like crickets <laughs> they're just watching you <laughs> so you finish your song and we all kind of look at each other and, you know you get like a, a, an applause and you're like i don't know if they were just being polite or if they really just don't enjoy what the hell we're doing right now like, did we do a good job was that was that what we were supposed to do are we in the wrong yeah, place so right it's now very confusing but then at the end of the show they go and they buy every single piece of merchandise you have so it's like oh okay yeah. but those crowds have changed a lot like people are starting to get more used to our shows over there so they're coming and they're dancing and moving along and people are crowd surfing and it's a good time. Nice. Yes! Nice. Um, well, speaking of, of your uh, previous interviews there, I also saw in one interview, um, they asked you if you could tour with anyone. You said uh, Rush, hmm. and they would open for you guys. <laughs> now... Yeah, that was, that was, that was bone saw, yeah. And now I'm, I'm guessing... You guys consider yourself Rush fans, right? Well, our one cellist, Bonesaw, he flips off with Danny. Mm. He is a huge Rush fan, and the rest of us are all like, we, we all thoroughly enjoy Rush quite a bit. Well, I mean, you know, I figure you would consider yourself Rush fans. I mean, a Canadian saying that they're not Rush fans is basically like a, a Russian saying they're not vodka fans. It, it just never happens. Yeah. That doesn't really... Nope. I mean, you know, plus it's Rush. 
Who can't like Rush? They're good. They're good. Yeah, you know, it's nerd rock, man. It's, it's like mathematically planned out. These guys are smart, and they do stuff that you're kind of like, what the hell was that? That's incredible. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I just want to give... I want to give a, a, a quiz, a Rush quiz, to see how big of a fan you are of Rush. Now, if oh boy, yeah. Now I'm gonna give you a couple of questions. Now, if you win, if you win the quiz, I'll do my best to set up the tour with you and Rush. Say what? I can tell you it definitely <laughs> won't happen, Shit. but I can try. Yes. We will try. Okay. Are you ready for the first All question? Right. It- you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna promise anything because Bonesaw is the rush master, but I will do my best. Well, I at least I will give you on every question. I'll give you a chance to answer because there will be multiple choice or true false, so you can at least okay. you at least got an answer. Okay, so the first question: What city did Rush start in? A. Calgary, B. Vancouver. C, Toronto, or D, Montreal? Hmm. Toronto. Correct. One for one so far. Toronto is correct. Okay, second question. True or false, Neil Peart did not provide the drums on all Rush songs? Hmm. False. Neil Peart did not provide all the uh, drums. He actually didn't on the first album. John Rutsey. No way. Yeah, John Rutsey played the drums on the first album. And then right after they released that album, he left the band. But it's okay. You can still win the quiz by getting the rest uh, correct. The next three. (laughs) You got three more here. Okay, Tom Sawyer, obviously, one of Rush's best-known songs, uh, which album was it off of? Hmm. A. Fly by Night. B. Moving Pictures. C. Signals. Or D. Hold Your Fire. Hmm. Not D. Not yeah. Well, we can cross off D. Hold Your Fire. It's not Hold Your Fire. So we're down not to Fly by Night. Not Fly by Night. We can cross that one out. So we're down to Moving Pictures now, and Signals. Hmm. Yeah. Th- this is the one where. I'm going to have to just take a shot in the dark because I actually can't remember right now. Oh. I listen to Rush on Shuffle a lot of times. So. Uh, yeah. See, the the, the days of, of MP3 have screwed up albums, that's for sure. Well, even cell phones, man. I used to know everyone's number off by heart. Now yeah. I'm, I'm very limited to my, my number knowledge. So now you got let's, to- go with, uh, let's go with uh, Signal. Ah. Oh. Moving pictures. It was motion pictures, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. It's all right. We'll go two more. If you get if you get the last two, that you still got a winning you still got a winning percentage. Okay. Which band <laughs> member wrote a book titled Ghost Rider? Getty Lee, Alex Lifeson, or Neil Pert? That was Alex. Oh. Neil Pert. Neil Pert. Damn it was Neil. Neil. Sorry, before we go to the next one, I just have to apologize to Bonesaw when he listens <laughs> to this. Sorry, my friend. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We can have him on the show, and he can redeem the whole crew. Yes! For he can. Re- oh man, he will redeem the whole crew. I know it. <laughs> okay, last one. Which single of Rush's did the best on the Hot 100 Billboard charts? A. Closer to the Heart. B. Spirit of the Radio. C, Limelight, or D, 
New World Man. Hmm. You know, I would assume closer to the heart. That one gets played on the radio all the time. See, now but this... Th- again, I don't know. This this was my, you know, ace in the hole question. This one totally got me. I think I may have been able to get the other ones if I were asked the questions and not making them up. Wait, what? It's, it's New World Man. What? Who would have thought? It is New World Man? Okay. New. Yeah, yeah I would have totally thought closer to the heart. And I was like, that, that's why I asked that one. I was like, mm, this is going to be a tough one. All right, one for five. You sort of no rush. That's that's sort I of no rush. Big time. I invite Bonesaw on the show to come on. Yes. And and redeem redeem the dead South in rush knowledge. Oh man, I can't wait for that because he's gonna hundred percent this one. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of other bands on YouTube, I saw where you guys did a fantastic cover. Of uh, House of the Rising Sun, the old uh, Animals tune. Uh, is that one you pull out on tour? And do you guys do other covers as well? Uh, that's one that we used to do quite a bit. Every now and again, we'll pull it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but we definitely do play it from time to time. We used to play it all the time. Um, we also cover Pallet on the Floor, nice. the old bluegrass tune. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to cover Rolling My Sweet Baby's Arms quite a bit. Haven't done that one in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott likes to do a song by the Decemberists called Rocks in the Box. Ah, very good song, yes. Yeah, it's a great tune, and Scott does a great version of it, so that was a lot of fun. Very nice. Um, actually, Eliza, our new band player, Eliza Doyle, she plays Crazy Train <laughs> on uh, her own set, and then every once in a while when we break too many strings and we need a little musical break, she'll she'll bust that one out. <laughs> and, she, and she busts that out on the banjo? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, this little light of mine, a little public domain song. We bust that one out every once in a while. We actually recorded that one a couple years ago, and we just never released it. So maybe one day we'll have to put that out there. Maybe put it back out there. Now, the video uh, for In Hell I'll Be In Good Company has now over 28 million views on YouTube. What? To uh, give listeners an idea of where that's at. That's more than Beyonce's video for her song Sandcastles. What? That's more than the official video for Michael Jackson Bad. Girl, come on! That's more than the... What? Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> that's true. That's more than the official video for Prince when doves cry. Jeez. So, I mean, as Jeez. far as... It's uh, now obviously there's some there's some outliers there, but that's a ridiculous that's that's more views than Australia has people. So true. How how <laughs> how much fanfare have you received from that song? Like, are you walking down the street now and people are like, hey, hey, you're the whistling, snapping hell fellas. That's you. That's you. Do do people notice you a lot more now? Well, that's definitely happened a lot more, uh, but it's happened a lot more. Like, when we were in the States on this most recent tour, just walking down the streets, that was happening quite a bit, which was very surprising because it was our first time down there. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, definitely picking up. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a uh, I mean, 28 million views is a huge amount. And that is uh, definitely I mean, I feel like you would have to be recognized, especially I would say you're recognized more when you're wearing your on stage gear, Hmm. when you've got the hats on, you got the. Yeah. Yeah. Because that that was kind of the beauty part of it. When you took it off, you could kind of just blend into the crowd like. I'd be walking through a crowd before the show, and people would push me and be like, get out of my way, man. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then you put the hat on, and people clear a path for you, you know? And it was like one of those things. So I was like, I kind of like the 
to be able to hide in the crowd thing. It was like Clark Kent and the Superman uh, suit all of a sudden you put yeah. out. Oh, wait a second. That's that guy. Yeah. I know who it is now. So uh, let's talk about your most recent album, Illusion and Doubt. Uh, fantastic album. Yes! Uh, it's been on the Billboard Bluegrass charts now for 19 weeks. Say what? Uh, I saw in one uh, interview you guys said that the songs uh, play into each other. Uh, so would you consider it uh, sort of a, a concept album in a sense? Yeah, like originally the idea wasn't. We had six songs that we had already written, and then they, we just played them a lot. And then once we put it all together, I was writing up the lyrics for the songs, and I was like, you know, this is, I'm kind of going to turn this into a corresponding letter between, uh, you know, a man and his, and his partner, mm-hmm. you know, who's off at war kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of metaphorical songs. Um, about just different phases and different times where you you know you're you're you start losing your mind or else you're, you're just off and you're you're lonely and you start doing stuff you're down in the dumps because you know just things keep playing off of each other now now where so, does uh, it uh, kind of became that yeah now uh we played delirium coming into this interview where does that sort of play is that as sort of like a segue between Two two letters, two thoughts. Is that how that uh, that song came about? Because I mean, I know it's it's a lot shorter than it, and it's just an instrumental. Yeah. So what happened with Alan was Colton had originally came up with it. He goes, "Hey guys, check this out." We're like, "Hey, that's really cool." And he was like, "Let's let's um, let's write a song." And then the more he kind of kept going through it, we're like, "Maybe that should just be instrumental." And then when we were in the studio, they had the idea of him doing his part and then him harmonizing his part and mm-hmm. then we got a pedal steel in there just doing the delays mm-hmm. and stuff so it just kind of gets that nice ambient kind of creepy feel and the way we segue that in was on a record that's kind of like the beginning to the second side when stuff starts getting a little more nuts very nice man well it's it, it's a fantastic album all the way through definitely yes! well thank you yeah no problem uh, speaking of which we are up against a break so I think we should, should take a listen to some of that album. Before we go, uh, where can the listeners get all up to date with uh, The Dead South? What would be the best way to do it? Well, you can find us on our website, thedeadsouth.com, mm-hmm. or you can find us on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, just The Dead South. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter. And, yeah, pretty much anywhere you go, we can lead you in the, the right direction to another link to go somewhere else. So yeah. There's, there's options out there. Definitely, definitely. Check them out on their website. Also, you can get them on, obviously, Apple Music and Spotify. Uh, great tunes out there. Right now, uh, we are going to hear Boots off of the Illusion and Doubt album. Uh, Nate, I want to thank you for being on the show, man. Yes! Oh, man, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Oh. Sorry I failed at the rush test. I really feel shit about that. Hey, <laughs> hey, don't worry about it. We've got a redeemer on the way. So he's going to he's gonna redeem it, and, and you guys will be back in the know as far as rush. It'll be all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, this is Boots off of Illusion and Doubt by the Dead South. Keep it locked here on the Doc G Show.
Yeah, the Dead South, man. Hats off to those guys for, for taking the time out of their busy sketch. I noticed you brought a lot of uh, dead guests on the show. What? Dead 27s, the Dead South. And the, but don't the worry, I'll start bringing in the live guests soon You need as well. to. But they, they, were, they were pretty cool guests. They were a blast, man. I'm going to send them some of the new gear. That I just got the yes. new shirts. They're did getting, you did the, you add the the what the your line your tag the one, line? Well, it wasn't mine. It was your idea. Well, but yes, it, it but one the one that, I was that pushing you wanted. For. Yes, it will be on the shirts. Yes. Um, go out check out the Dead South if they're in your town when they come back through the U.S. of A. You should check them out. Or if you're in Europe uh, on their Europe leg during uh, November, check them out. Hurt, flirt, bug, squirt. Yes, exactly. Justin, are you ready for the last birthday suit? Let's go. Let's do this. This one, I will say, as far as the my knowledge, difficult? would be the most difficult. As far as you're not. Okay. Our last wow. birthday suit wearer was born October 11th, 1961 okay. in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hmm. He grew up in Greenwich, Connecticut. Greenwich, Connecticut. And made a name for himself in baseball and football. Hmm. He decided to go play college football at BYU. Okay. He set an NCAA record, won several awards, and eventually was drafted in the USFL. But then he moved to the NFL in 1985. He was taken by the Tampa Bay Bucks and eventually traded to the 49ers, where he played behind Joe Montana. He eventually took over the starting quarterback role. Oh, man. Here we go. And he won a Super Bowl and two MVPs. Who are we talking about? We're talking about Steve Young here. There it is. We are talking about Mr. Steve Young. I did. Three for three, baby. In your face, Berlin. That's what you get for making the racist Asian jokes. (laughs) Kept that in the back of my mind before every guess. You were being spurred on. You were fueled. So thank you. Turning, but screw you. What? A turning a young 56 years of age. Nice. That's right. Didn't even know this. Fun fact. Did you know that guy was the great, great, great grandson of Brigham Young? Wait, what? Whoa. So like, did he like get like free admission into BYU? I mean, he should have. I would ask That's for that if awesome. I was him. And yeah. No, no wonder he decided to play for him. That makes sense. That's cool, though. That is. Uh, happy birthday to Mr. Steve Young. All right, Justin, hasn't it been a fantastic show? Of course, all the time, man. Justin, all the freaking time. we've got more great shows. We've got no. Mike Charette, the great next comedian, week. Yeah, coming he's, he's up good. next week. Really good. We've got Blackberry Smoke in the works. I'm not promising him as a guest yet. I yeah. have, we haven't we haven't solidified it. Don't yet. hype it up, yet. Don't hype it up. Jeez. You're gonna jinx it. When I do Knock solidify on wood, it, at least. That's not wood. That's like something. I don't know. I don't have. There's it's no wood composite. in here. Use the door. There we go. Okay. There knocked go. on wood. All right. Uh, but you know we're gonna have to wait and see if that comes to fruition. Let's hope so. We let's hope that it does. But until then, we gotta end the show, guys. I've been your host, Doc G. With me, once again, back in the saddle, Justin, Hype City, Evangelista. I'm back better than ever. He is back better than ever in sync. We are in sync. We are radio. We were in sync. Oh. And I am back. Boom. 
Until next week. Zip it up and zip it out.